Hello, and thank you for joining. What you are about to listen to started out as a live Bible study to a live audience on March 10th, 2020. It was also streamed live on Facebook. But when the coronavirus hit and people were no longer permitted to congregate together, we took three weeks off. The original idea was that Ian Thornton would present one week and I, Phil Bliss, would present the next week. But when we came back together in early April, we decided to just work together to a live stream audience only. And this is that podcast. So each week you will hear us talk about what we feel John was trying to convey when presenting the message of the gospel. The first week will be just Ian speaking, but after that it'll be the two of us. I surely hope you enjoy this podcast, and I hope you get something out of it. Thank you for listening, and God bless. The Book of John, written by the son of Zebedee, one of the twelve called by Jesus while he was repairing his nets with his father. The date of the writing of this book is between 85 and 90 A.D. John was also one of the inner circle with Christ, with himself, James, and Peter. He was asked by Jesus while Christ was on the cross to care for his mother. He was referred to by Paul as one of the three pillars of the church from the book of Galatians. And he also wrote John, 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, that's right, and also the book of Revelation. There was an attempt to martyr John. He was supposedly boiled in oil only to survive. And upon surviving that, he was sent to the island of Patmos, where he apparently died from natural causes. But it is on that island that he also wrote the book of Revelation. Throughout his, this book, John refers to himself as the one whom Jesus loved. We find that in John chapter 13, chapter 20, and then twice in chapter 21. The purpose of this book, of John writing this, was that we would believe that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Son of God, that we would grab within our own hearts and minds Jesus' deity, that he truly was sent from heaven to be our Savior. John is one of those books that is pointed to often for most of us to read starting off. For most people who want to know about Jesus, maybe they're not believers or they're unsaved, non-Christians, you can point them to John. John is a great book for them to start reading from, from beginning to end, and it talks about Christ <clears throat> Excuse me, from the beginning to the end. So there's a lot of information about John. It's interesting that over 90% of the material in John's gospel is unique to John alone and not found in the other gospels. John is unique. 
the book of John is unique. So, a little bit of an introduction about the book of John. Any questions? Comments? Any on Facebook? Because we're just going to just jump right in and start reading. So, if you have your Bibles, follow along with me in John, John chapter 1. And we're going to read and we're going to kind of take a break and we'll talk about a few things and then we'll kind of just kind of ease our way through. John, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Now see, I'm going to stop right here. Two verses, and we're going to pull it up for a second. In the beginning, what other book starts with those words? Genesis, Genesis right? So it's, it's interesting to see that the parallel is here. And really, again, you know, I go back to John making the point that he wants us to understand that Christ is God. He wants us to understand Jesus's deity in the beginning. So automatically, John takes us all the way back to the very beginning of the scriptures and says that in the beginning was the word, logos. Logos there in Greek is, there, there's many, many definitions, but one of those definitions is utterance. Okay? Utterance. So here we go back to Genesis, and in Genesis, the first part of Genesis, God is creating the earth, right? How? How did God create the earth? He spoke it, utterance, into existence. And in Genesis, God also says, let us make man. So here we have John talking already about the very beginning in Genesis, that Jesus was there, that he was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Verse 3, through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. Through him. Think about that. Through him. All things were made. Without him, nothing was made. Verse 4 says, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. So here we have, John is talking about Jesus at the beginning, that everything that has been made has been made through Christ. Now it's interesting because as Jesus lives his life and he dies on the cross, then salvation comes through him and his blood shed. So in the beginning, life was given through Christ. Physical life was given through Christ. Upon his death and burial and resurrection of the cross, spiritual life is given through Christ. <clears throat> the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not understood it. Verse 6, we have a little bit of a transition. There came a man who was sent from God, and his name was John. And here we're talking about John the Baptist. 
He came as a witness to testify concerning of that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light. The true light that gives life, light to every man was coming into the world. He, verse 10, Jesus, was in the world, though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. What do you think that means? He came into the world, but the world did not recognize him. True. Very true. They know from nobody knew from the beginning who he was as a human being. That's right. Now even though he was it was even though his birth was miraculous, but did anyone really know who he was? Now they were looking for a Messiah. Don't don't forget that part. The, the, the Jews were looking for a Messiah. But they didn't recognize him because they were looking for this leader to come in and save them and be their leader. But he did not come by way of what they expected. Yet to all who receive him, to those he gave the right to become the children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of a husband's will, but born of God. Verse 14. This is where John really dives into, let's, let's relate Jesus of who he is to deity. So the word, remember the first part of the, of the chapter, John clearly let us know that the word was God and he was in the beginning and everything was made through him and he was he was deity but here in verse 14 John says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only who came from the father full of grace and truth so here is John's testimony as he's sitting don't forget he's sitting on the island of Patmos he has been they, they have tried to destroy him, and he didn't die. So they took John, and they stuck him on this island out away from everyone else. <clears throat> the word became flesh. Verse 15, John testifies concerning him, and he cries out, saying, This, is, this was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Sometimes that can be a little hard to follow. That's just like when we talk back and forth and we'll go, oh, I knew what you were thinking. Oh, I knew I knew what you were thinking. I knew that you knew I knew what you were thinking. But here's what, here's what John is saying here. He's talking about John the Baptist, and he says, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. So John the Baptist was called the one who was crying out in the wilderness. He was sent as a forerunner, is a word that's used. 
John the Baptist was sent as a forerunner for Jesus. So he was the proclaimer. He was the one walking through the streets um, proclaiming that Jesus is coming. And John says that he who comes after me has surpassed me. So Jesus is greater than I am. I am preparing the way for Christ, but Christ is coming and he is going past me. He is surpassing me. And the reason he's surpassing me is because he was before I ever was. So, but just a question. Yes. John the Baptist is not this John. No. Okay, we just need it. Yeah, two separate Johns. Okay. Yep, two separate Johns. In verse 16... I was going to interrupt. Yes. Um, the verse 12, but to all who received him, who believe in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of the blood or of the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. That was in my devotions this morning. Yeah. And I, I'm sure I've read it before, that, that how that goes... I thought, what a strong statement that is to make to people. It is. I mean, I have never, I mean, I, I've never remembered anybody doing that. Now, the, the, the version I was reading today said, all, all who believe, all rather than just receive. But I, I just, it struck me this morning and I just thought I'd bring it up. Oh no, Miss Pat, that's great. It really is, it is a powerful thing. And, that, and you know, in, in my version I have, I have the NIV here and it says receive. Um, but that's, you know, and we talked often about receive, like receiving into our hearts, um, accepting, you know, and that's, it's the same as the believing right. that you had mentioned before. Um, but to all who have received him, for all who have believed, and to those who have received him and believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So that one of the things in that verse that strikes me is that word right. If I have received him, believed on his name, then I have the right to be a child of God. I have a right. So it, it would be um, well, one of the things that actually I'm, I'm actually dissecting this verse, and I'm glad that you brought it up. Because in one of the series that we're doing in church, Knowing What You Have, one of the next things that I'm going to cover is adoption. And, and that verse so speaks to that. Because there are the majority of our population does not grasp the depth of adoption. We don't. If, if you've never been touched by it, if you've never been a part of it, then it's something that is hard to grasp to understand the rights and the privileges that are given to those who are adopted. It's an amazing thing. And for us to be adopted into the family of God, 
because in in the world that we live in in our quote unquote reality since we don't understand the magnitude of what adoption truly is then we have a hard time relating it to us being adopted into a family of God into the family of God we we don't understand how it is that I can be brought into this family and have all the rights, privileges, and authority of that name. And so we lose that um, in knowing what we have as believers. I have been, I am a, a son of God. And I am, and I'm just, I'm saying this as, as very literally and as true as I can. I am, I am, Ian, personally, am working to understand what that means to have those rights and privileges and authority to being in God's family. Because, see, I wasn't born into it. I wasn't. I wasn't born into God's family. Did he create me? Did he make me? Absolutely. But it says here that if I receive him and I believe in his name, then I have a right to become his child. And, and, and that it's just absolutely amazing because I don't need to think of myself as separated from him, but yet I am totally a part of that. I am totally a part of that. And so that's why this, this verse has, has stuck out to me. One is that, that I'm studying through it and I'm working through um, a, the, a sermon that we're going to be doing on it. Um, but it is powerful, Miss Pat. It is. Yes. Question is, verse 10, wondering if John is acknowledging that he wrote Simeon, but I think he meant Simon, as knowing him, but not the world as a whole not knowing him. If he was, I'm sorry, I have to repeat that. Wondering if John is acknowledging Simon as knowing him, but not the world as a whole not knowing him. He was in the world. Oh, because Simeon did recognize him. Simeon, yeah. Yeah. I would, yes, I would say the world as a whole. Because that, that honest, and the reason I say that is because that's the context of the chapter, yeah. is that it's talking to the world about the world as a whole. There's a follow-up question. Verse 12. Um, does believe mean acknowledging the facts surrounding Christ? Does the, does the word believe? Does believe mean acknowledging the facts surrounding Christ? Verse 12. Yes, uh, yes I would say so. Simeon embraced Christ as a newborn. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so right. Where did you get Simeon? From Luke chapter 2. It was a, that was a question on Facebook. Yeah. So yeah, the question came in. It came out on Facebook. And the same too. I mean, because, you know, we talk about John, you know, and, and I think John the Baptist can also go along with that same question because, you know, he left in the womb. He knew. You know, so he was, he was recognized. But as the world as a whole, that's, that's what John is, is referring to. That's what, okay. what I understand. Yep. Okay. Um, so we had just finished up 14 um, and into um, 
oh, John's testimony in yeah. uh, verse 15 uh, about John testifying concerning that cry, crying out that he is the one of whom I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Verse 16, from the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. But no one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Now this was John's testimony when the Jews of Jerusalem sent the priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely that I am not the Christ. They asked him then, Who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Finally, they said, Who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of the one calling in the desert. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now some Pharisees who had been sent to question him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied. But among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. All this happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is what I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed in Israel. So we have this whole story coming about where John is baptizing and the Pharisees are wondering, who is this man and, or who are you? And they're having all of these questions because they are too anticipating a Messiah coming. They're looking for a Messiah. And so John is, John has taken the stage, so to say, um, a man who wore <clears throat> camel skin and ate locusts and honey, and lived out in the wilderness. He was different. He was different. And so here are the Pharisees that are seeing what he's doing, seeing how he's dressed, hearing what he's teaching, and they're wondering, who are you or who do you think you are? So they come and they talk to, actually, those who are really wondering and asking the questions sends other Pharisees to go talk to John. They didn't go themselves. 
and so they're going to they're finding out this information these these Pharisees are kind of scouting out to find out exactly what's going on and John tells them but what he tells them is what they've been wondering are you the messiah and he's like no I'm not and are you the prophet no I'm not are you Elijah no I'm not but he's coming now that's got to set them back a little bit because to understand that this one that they've been anticipating isn't the guy that they've gone to talk to, but he's coming. So they had a lot of information, really, to go back and report. It wasn't just, well, you know, no, he's not the Messiah, or he's just some lunatic out in the, the wilderness. He's saying that the Messiah is coming. He's not him, but he's coming. Verse 35, the next day John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Here's an interesting transition. You have these two disciples that are with John, they're disciples. They're not just two guys hanging out with John for the day. They spent time with John. They listened to what John had to say. They listened to him teach. So much so, they believed John. They believed him. So when John says, look, there's the Lamb of God, his disciples got up and left. So John has been faithfully teaching the message that he is preparing the way for the Lord, that he is sharing with those around him that the Messiah is coming. And if you have, if, if you connected with John and you're there with him as a disciple and he says, basically, look, the one that I've been talking to you about is right there. Two disciples get up. John, thanks for a lot. <laughs> Got to go. But it's an interesting transition there, but it also proves the effectiveness of John's ministry because he spoke and his disciples believed what he said. Out of one statement, look, there's the Lamb of God. Disciples get up and leave and go. And so that just that speaks volumes of John's effectiveness and the truth of what he shared and how he spoke that his disciples believed him and left. I just think it's powerful. It's, it's a small little snippet in there, but it speaks volumes to us. So even in our living our own Christian lives, as we are doing our devotions, as we are in the word daily, as we are listening to what the Lord is sharing and talking to us about, that God's ministry into our hearts is just as effective. So if he says, Ian, go then I go. So I think it's just something that's small that's in here, but I think it's really significant as far as, um, and speaks a lot about John's effectiveness in his ministry um, and the truth at which he taught that his disciples would just get up and, and leave. Verse 38, though, turning around, Jesus saw them and asked, what do you want? <laughs> now, put yourselves in their shoes. So you get up and you start following Christ because John told you that he's the Lamb of God. 
And he turns around and looks at you and says, so what do you want? I, I personally probably would be speechless. <laughs> but they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said, come and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent the day with him. It was about the 10th hour. Don't yes. You, don't you think that's a little bit of a promise, though? Come, and you will see. Not just for the day, but if you follow me, you're going to see a lot. You'll yes. see not only where I'm staying, what I'm doing, everything. It's like a promise in a, say, in a sense. Not just, okay, you want to know where I'm staying. I think it's, it's deeper than that, if you ask me. It really is. And I, I, I think that everything from, from this point on that we're going to run into, there are there two, two sides everything that we're going to see it's the physical and it's the spiritual and that's part of what john was setting up in the first part you know when he said that the um between the light and the darkness you know it's it's both it's showing us this picture of the reality of jesus being deity that he was from the beginning that he was spiritually the one who was there with god and the holy spirit creating everything spiritually and brought this physical into existence to then now, it's it's going to be the physical and the spiritual on earth from here out. And and I really do. I love this. I, I love this little interchange because I, I personally do this to my kids. I I just do, you know. And it's just it's something that I think is I think is funny, <laughs> but, but it's it really is. It's just like um like Julie Julie will tell the kids, "We'll go with Dad." You know, and so then they come up behind me and I'm like, hey, what do you want? And they're like, well, I'm supposed to go with you. I'm like, come on, you know, because I already know. Yeah. I already know. And so almost like, you know, I'm not <laughs> maybe maybe Jesus had a sense of humor like that because he knew that John's disciples were following him. And he's going to turn around and say, what do you want? And they, they immediately I, I think their immediate answer of just saying rabbi helped that Jesus understood that they knew who he was. And so that's why the invitation of come, come on with me. You, you understand, you see. There again, attesting to John's ministry and to John's teaching that John had taught well. But one, come. One time in one Bible study, it was told that that is what men primarily did. I mean, you heard a, t a teacher, a, a rabbi, and if you wanted to learn more, then you asked to follow them. That, you know, that was a common occurrence, you know, and a, a yes. for young men to develop their faith and their Hebrew upbringing and all that was to follow a particular rabbi that they were interested in. Yeah, that's exactly right, Miss Patton. It's a great point because it's, and we see it's similar today. You know, people that are learning, and even if it's just, you know, with, with the faith and the scriptures, that people will go to different churches because of 
the, the pastor, the way that they teach, the way that they talk, or, or different Bible studies. It's almost like um, how uh, today we um, sign up for classes because you want a certain professor, because you, you like the way they teach, you want to learn what they're teaching type thing. And it was the same here, that they would follow um, individuals to be taught. So it, it really is. Hmm. preach your version of you're easy to listen to you describe the Bible so vividly and I think that's why people come I mean, that's probably what is happening here I, I think so to learn. right it is it's, it's, it's that desire to learn I know I have individuals that I quote unquote follow yeah. you know because it, there's just um What's the word I'm looking for? Um, perspective. Um, their perspective is not the norm. It's it's um, it helps me process and um, to be able to follow with what the Lord is sharing with them and teaching them gives me um, insights on what I understand God is showing me. Well, there are teachers. Yes. And then there's teachers. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. We, and you should know. Big it is. It really is. <clears throat> so I love the fact that these, that these guys just, they follow in behind Christ. And, and at first he's, I, I love his first question, <laughs> what do you want? Um, but for him to, to invite them along, um, means that there are were other um, rabbis that did not invite. So that's one of the things too that you know we do understand that when when we submit and surrender to Christ that there is an open invitation from Him to us to follow Him. Um, but back then in this situation and, and part of what Miss Pat brought up too, there was a time when rabbis said no. When rabbi they just no. But Jesus obviously said yes. So they went and they hung out with, with Jesus for for the day. And I think that's a wonderful thing. I, I it's that helps me understand that there are those days that it's okay for me to go hang out with Jesus. And here, it, it seems realistic, I say realistic, tongue-in-cheek, because it's, this was happening. This was a day-to-day. -day. So it's not, not like today, I don't just call Jesus and go, hey, can you meet me down at the park? And you just hang out for the day. But see, spiritually, we can do that all the time. And so it's really taking what was happening physically here and allowing me to move into that spiritually. Now, does that mean that I have to rearrange my schedule, my earthly schedule, and those type of things at points? Yes, it does. But we can spend the day with him and see what he's doing and be about his business with him 
just like these disciples were. <clears throat> Any other comments or thoughts? Let's see. You know what? I think we're going to go ahead and just pull up right here. This gets into a whole other section with, yeah. with um, Andrew and Simon Peter and, and such too. But um, up to this point, up through verse 40, um, John is establishing who Jesus is from the very beginning of the creation of the earth and that he was sent to this world by his, by his Father and that he was sent to us that... Um, John the Baptist was sent as a forerunner and that Jesus himself was the Lamb of God. It's, it's this first part that is, is working to establish Christ's deity and that he is who he says he is. So next week we'll pick up um, John chapter 1 verse 40 and we will go from there. This concludes this podcast.